Throws it back and scores! Brady Leibold goes back and forth behind the net, comes out the right side and lifts the backhander up and in. Leibold right here on Dylan. Dylan comes back with the right of his own. Here's Leibold uppercut. Another right by Leibold. Coming out another fight, Brady Leibold got the right hand pumping on Tony Mann. Up and over top, Mann trying to control him as Leibold got that jackhammer right going. Throwing a lot off the helmet. Now Cody Mann answering, but Leibold switched to left and he got a few more in there. Welcome back to another edition of Hockey to Heroin, The Road to Recovery. This is episode number 16. Once again, this is Brady Liebold coming at you guys from beautiful Muskoka, Ontario. I'm actually in Utterson, right wedged in between Bracebridge and Huntsville. Uh, guys, this episode is once again proudly brought to you by team issued limited team issued is connecting all walks of life team issue does this by recreating that special feeling of being part of something greater a community of all striving towards the same goal guys head over to teamissue.ca use promo code toedrag15 to get 15 percent off your total purchases that's my former teammate jesse paradise's company i got a big order coming in they got snapback hats sweatshirts sweatpants female clothes male clothes baby clothes you name it guys check it out um quality stuff i can't wait to get my hands on this package that's coming in um guys once again i'm i'm in the matt lashinsky studio uh matt lashinsky former sioux st marie greyhound drafted uh by them in the second round uh 1987 birth year we lost him in 2017 to an overdose uh he lost his battle with addiction we're going to honor him i'm going to bring it up every single podcast this is the studio uh we're supposed to put drywall in but we uh put it on hold because we're actually going to extend it and make it bigger which is great so hopefully by next weekend uh we'll be right into the construction uh, other than that, let's get right into the episode. These guys don't have a whole lot of time. Uh, usually we have one guest. Uh, very fortunate to have two guys on. Um, I've been promoting this episode. If you guys have seen the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest hockey movie, maybe the best sports movie of all time, uh, Paul Newman's Slapshot. I mean, this movie is a classic. Uh, and there's a character in that movie, uh, Ogie Oglethorpe. And I have the real Ogie and also the author of the book, The Real Ogie, Liam McGuire. So Bill Goldthorpe, The Real Ogie, and Liam McGuire, welcome to Hockey to Heroin. Thanks so much for being with me, guys. Uh, thank you for having us on. Thanks very much, Brady. appreciate it. Hey, uh, Goldie, uh, you know, your real name's William. People call you Bill, but I, I believe you go by Goldie, uh, Everybody knows the movie Slapshot, uh, you know, came out in, I believe, 1977, and I've seen it, you know, probably a hundred times, and, uh, you know, growing up watching, there's that one feared character, Ogie Oglethorpe, and, uh, you know, as I got older, I uh, became familiar with the story, and it's really quite incredible that they took, you know, a real-life story of somebody, and implemented in the movie and that's you goldie uh wow that's incredible and you know you've uh, had quite the story liam you've written the book uh, the real ogie um you guys want to talk about that if somebody want to jump in and let the listeners know uh, what that experience was like go ahead liam well i'll i'll open it up for you brady and then uh, pass it right over to goldie but uh if you're referring to the book specifically it happened really Rather organically, Goldie was a guest, uh, a phone interview that I, I did as my uh, last radio contract was winding down three years ago, a little more than that, a little more than that now, 
and and uh, the interview was um, I, I've been doing radio off and on for over 35 years, and I I I told everybody and anyone who listened that day knows and uh, supported that. I think it's one of the top five interviews I ever had on the air in my life, and he was coming from the West Coast, uh, from um, Surrey, BC, through Vancouver to Kingston for a promotion. And I phoned him after to thank him for the interview and asked him if I could uh, possibly come down and meet him in Kingston. And we, we made uh, arrangements, and I came down and, and spent the weekend hanging with uh, former friends of his, former pro-teammate friends of his, Larry Navity, Barry Brooks, Sean Babcock, and Doug Gilmore was hanging with us for a good chunk of, uh, of a day and a half as well. And it was, it was just an incredible time. And, uh, we seemed to hit it off. We kind of like our pops. And, uh, I talked to him on the Sunday before I left and we shook hands and asked him if he'd, uh, let me have a crack at maybe trying to get a, get a, something together to, to start the formation of, of doing a book. Uh, and that's how it all started. So it was very organically and I'm super proud of the effort, especially the work he put in not easy you know he's told all these stories at different times over all these years had to sit down with me and and several large clumps of time to regurgitate them not an easy task at all and uh i i i just think what we have is 240 pages of the most incredible story of any former pro athlete in the history of sports and and uh, not only did it need to be in writing but it, it needs to be on the big screen and that's that's the next step so that's that's my version how things went down well, that sounds really exciting, and you know, I'm you know a full supporter of that. I haven't actually had a chance to read it. I want to get my hands on it. I actually had, uh, you know, my life has been sort of uh, chaotic to say the least. So I've been you know missing out on a lot of things, and unfortunately, I didn't even know that the book existed until a few weeks ago. Um, and you know, I instantly saw it, and I was like, "Wow, there's a book. I have to read it." And then you know, I reached out. Uh, uh, to you, Liam, and, you know, then, you know, made contact with Goldie, and then a few, you know, a week later, wow, what an, ex- this is awesome, guys, so thank you again for doing this, but yeah, that must have been a great experience, I know you guys traveled around and did the book tour, but Goldie, you have so many incredible stories, like, um, you're remembered as, you know, arguably the scariest hockey player ever, the, the, scariest enforcer they do a pretty good job in that movie uh you know i remember watching it as a kid and remember being like oh man if i have to play against guys like that or whatever and and i remember playing and there's guys on other teams obviously maybe not as scary as you but you know now i can see that and just to to look over your career and these things you've gone through man you were a menace out there but you could play the game too eh goldie I could I could skate uh, I used to skate uh, east and west because I went from the art box to the penalty box. <laughs> no, I no, I played the game. I, a lot of people don't realize that. Everybody thought I just fought, but I could skate. I was one of the, one of the better skaters as a tough guy. You see, a lot of tough guys can't skate that good. So you know, I, I, I you know I, I could play the game, but because of being all the, all the stuff that happened to me off the ice. And some of the stuff on the ice, you know, uh, the NHL didn't want no part of me. You know, I know I could have fought anybody in the NHL. I don't know if I would have won all the fights, but I would have showed up for them. So that's the reason I, I believe that in my heart. That's why I never got a shot at National Hockey League. Well, it's no secret that, you know, especially uh, maybe even more so now with the social media, but even back then, Goldie, you're right. I mean, you're, you know, maybe labeled as a problem child. I was kind of labeled as a problem child, too, through my career. Uh, 
just people got to know that I was partying and, you know, got labeled as a drug addict even long before I was even, um, you know, actually a full blown addict. Uh, you know, I know you had your troubles off the ice. I, you know, one of your things that you said to me was that, you know, that you didn't do drugs. It's not part of your story. Maybe I didn't want you to have you on the podcast. Well, absolutely not. This, this podcast is not just all about drugs. Yes. A lot of my guests have, um, had, you know, addiction issues or whatever, but what a story. I know you battled maybe with some drinking issues, but you've been to jail, Goldie. I mean, over 18 times I've been to jail. Uh, what was the longest time you spent behind bars? 75 days. I had got had five assault charges in one fight I was in, and uh, I got 15 days for every assault charge, so I did 75. <laughs> they used to pick me up. Uh, first of all, they sent me to Monteith, Ontario. Then I got transferred. Uh, our doctor goes, Decky, he wrote a letter to the to the parole board uh, uh, and got me a transfer to Thunder Bay. So they'd come and pick me up for practice or a game, and I'd have to sign out, and then I'd have to be back at a certain time, and they'd bring me back. So it was pretty funny that way, but all the moms would make, make me lunches and sandwiches, so when I get back to the jail, I used to pass the families to different guys and all that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, you know, you, uh, you're, where are you living now, Goldie? You're out, you're out on the West Coast. I mean, I'm from Port Coquitlam, but where you're in Surrey now, what are you doing with yourself these days? Uh, I still work construction. When I was playing hockey in San Diego, my buddy Johnny Shelley, he's my idol in the book, he got up in the dressing room and said, uh, Goldie, you got all the tools to play hockey. And I was so proud. I thought he was going to say something nice. He said, you got a saw and a hammer. And so everybody started laughing. So I got into construction. Brady, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to interject a second because uh, Goldie left something out of that Monteith story and I'd like him to revisit it for you because, uh, first of all, he got five assault charges, okay? Five. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but five. Just, just in itself. That's the other thing I say about the book. You can go on every second page, every third page, or something else. Even I'll tell you, just the other day on Twitter, two days ago, on Mother's Day, yesterday, excuse me, yesterday was Mother's Day, and a guy posts on Twitter a picture of his wife. And it's her Mother's Day gift. He asked her, she asked him, I want the best live story in a book that's come out in the last 12 months that you know about. And, and, and she's a huge hockey fan. He said, well, see if you can sink your teeth into this one. He takes a picture of her reading reading the book. And this is just yesterday. Flabbergasted still to hear the comments from people saying what he said to me was, he said, the story's unbelievable, but I read it and I know it's true because it's all backed up. And that Monty story, Goldie goes to jail. They sent him, you got to think, Brady, uh, what, what age were you, Goldie? 16 at the time? 17? Uh, 17 years old. 17 years old, Brady. They sent him 500 kilometers from home. <laughs> 500 kilometers from home. 300 miles. That may as well, in 1970, uh, may as well have been the other side of the world. Who's he with? He's got nobody. Yeah. He's got nobody with him. He's 17. He's 300 miles from home. In the joint where guys are doing two years less a day. But think about that for a second. And 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 you played one hockey game in there, right, Goldie? I did. Uh, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't let me play hockey, and they played one floor hockey game, and they kicked me out. <laughs> just, 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 just think about the incredulousness of this for a second. He's not playing some pickup game for charity on a Friday night in a church league where people may be upset because his 
somebody's being a little violent. He's in there with guys doing two years less a day at 17, 300 miles from home. They wouldn't let him play another game. Do you know, just picture in your mind, when that scene hits the big screen, how we're going to run that one? I mean, it's going to be spectacular. It doesn't matter exactly word for word how it went down. All you need to know is this kid is transferred 300 miles from home at 17, and, and they know he plays hockey. They let him play one game, they won't let him play again. It's one of the most underrated things, and there's many in the book that are underrated, but it's one of the more underrated ones, I think, in hindsight, having written it with him, that doesn't get uh, mentioned enough. In, in, in the context of, you just have to understand how, how nobody's... That what Goldie went through would have killed the average man. The average man would not have survived. Absolutely no way. Do you know how most people would have done going like that? They would have curled into a little ball and probably been ruined for life. And and yet he just came out of there like stronger and said, "Yeah, just bring on the next one." And and it was uh, that's the way it seemed to me anyway, Goldie. And I I just think that needs more upset about it. Hey Brady, the uh, when I went to court with the five assault charges, though. So the, the judge reads off the first charge, and I get up and tell my story. The guy gets up and tells his story, and the judge finds me guilty. He does this four times in a row. And so the fifth time, he, he says, okay, Mr. Goldthorpe, stand up. And I, and I wouldn't stand up. I said, what for? You're just going to find me guilty again. And his blood pressure went right up, slams the hammer down. There's another 15 days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Brady, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a Western, you know? Can you just see? It's like you can almost picture the judge in the courtroom, an old western. He's got the gavel, he's banging it down. He wants the prisoner to stand up, and the prisoner thinks he's saying, "Screw you, man! He's gonna find me guilty anyway." It's a seventeen-year-old kid. That's <laughs> wild. Come on. Come that on. is a crazy fucking story, isn't it? Like you've exactly. you've had some wild ones, and I can't wait to read the book. But uh, you know, you played. You know, you played in the World Hockey Association, uh, which was arguably as good as the NHL at the time. So you maybe never played the NHL, but goalie, you played in the WHA. And listen, just hearing those stories, you know, I didn't realize you were 17 when that happened. Uh, There's no way an NHL club is going to fucking take a chance on a kid when that's gone on. Um, So, you know, you know, you got a shot in the, the WHA, uh, you played for the Michigan Stags and the Baltimore Blades, uh, the Sag- San Diego Mar- Mariners. Uh, you know, you had lots of penalty minutes, lots of fights. Uh, what was your best experience from playing in the World Hockey Association? Well, uh, the funniest one is when uh, I was playing in Denver with uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Ron DeLorme. And uh, we, he, uh, back in those days, he'd put the tough guys against the, the goal scorers to intimidate them. But they had that whole Hedberg-Nielsen line, and they couldn't be intimidated. So uh, uh, John G. Talbot said, hey, Goldie, DeLorme, you're up. And uh, he said, okay, uh, they always did, they were the first line to ever start doing all the circles, right, coming out of the end zone, and they'd switch sides. And so we'd go deep with them, and all of a sudden they'd be at the blue line. We'd still be coming out of the hash marks. And then uh, until – the next next shift, Talbot says, stay at their blue line. So we mean Laura, uh, Ron stay at the blue line. And they come out of the end and they blow passes again. Comes back. The next one stay at the red line. 
and then we do the same thing. They blow up ice. They have to blue line. They blow up ice. And he says, okay, you guys are up. I said, no, I'm not going out there no more. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I was at five at the time, right? <laughs> so I'm not going out there no more. That's so good. That's so good. Well, people may not know too that your your hockey career kind of got derailed in a, a fucking bizarre incident. Uh, you got shot by a drug dealer, but not while you were trying. Not like most people would hear that and be like, "Oh, this guy was trying to buy drugs." He got shot by a drug dealer, maybe got robbed. But it, my understanding is of it is you were interfering uh, with your girlfriend or a girl. What, what happened there, and and how did that really affect your hockey career, and and where did that take you after there? Okay, just to lighten it up a bit, uh, people found out I get shot. I got shot, right? And he said, well, what did you do to get shot? And I said, I was, got drunk and I tried to rob a 7-Eleven store. <laughs> <laughs> that might be more believable coming from me. <laughs> well, the thing is that I used to go out with this girl and uh, then we broke up and she met this guy and he was a drug dealer and she got hooked on drugs and her mother was, her parents were concerned so I... I went over to a house party they were at, and uh, I talked to her a couple of times prior to that on the phone, and her mother asked me to go over there sort of in a way, and so I went over there with me and my buddy. So I go in, and uh, I talk to Denise. She comes to talk to me, and uh, we talk, and I say, okay, let's go home. I'll take you home. And then, uh, so a guy pulls a gun on me. So I kick the gun out of the guy's hand and throw him to the floor, and so I, I, you know, she comes, me and my buddy are standing at the door and the ex-girlfriend comes, comes to the door and all of a sudden he, he gets off off the floor, he grabs the gun and he says, hey, you, and I turned around and he fired the gun. But, you know, uh, I was so stupid, I should have grabbed the gun anyway, but I didn't. And then, uh, you know how you hear stories where people say uh, the gun been pointed at him, it's fired, you can see the, the, the flame coming out and all that? I swear, I'm not lying to you, I told the story many times, I swear I thought I could catch that bullet. <laughs> and uh, there you go, I wasn't a good baseball player for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, where'd you get shot? Right in the stomach. Wow, eh? Yeah, you had, uh, did it get you in the kidneys or something? Yeah, it's, I, kept, I lacerated my stomach, I uh, it took seven inches off my small intestine, and the bullet cut my urinary tract right in half where my kidney was. And so uh, I spent five weeks in the hospital. When I got out, the reason I uh, then I went home for like a couple of weeks, and my dad came down, my sisters, and then all of a sudden my dad went back and he took a heart attack. So I I went back. I had a bag on my side where all my urine went because it didn't come out of my penis, right? So because my kidney and that and urinary tract, so yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, that's rough. And I'm sorry that your dad passed away. I know that he really was helping you uh, recuperate from that shooting. I know he passed away not long after that. I'm sorry that happened. Uh, you know, I, you know, a lot changed, I think, for you after that shooting. I, I know your dad passed away shortly after, as I said. Uh, you played, what, one year after that and then played some senior after that. Uh, but you, you kind of, what, you stopped playing shortly after that, but then you went into bodybuilding and you won Mr. New Brunswick. Is that right? Yeah, I uh, competed. I could have went to the Canadians competed in the Canadians, but I wasn't really big on steroids. When I went to the New Brunswick, I did a minimal, at the time, I did minimal steroids. And then to go to the, to go to the Canadians, I would have probably had to do, I don't know, 20 times that. 
just you know to place in the top three or top five and i played pro hockey i didn't need steroids to play pro hockey so i knew I, that wasn't for me i never liked that sport I didn't like the guys in the sport they're all big guys but none of them were tough they're all memes what can you do for me today that's all that's a lifestyle i hate well, and it's not—it's not a team sport either. And I mean, no. you must have loved playing on the on a team. What? Who are some of the best teammates you had? What are some great stories? Maybe have some teammates or some shit you got in with some of your friends while you were playing. What are What are some stories that really stick out for you, Goldie? Oh, jeez, there's there's many, there's many. I just give you an example. Of, we were we were playing a game in uh, in uh, well, actually my my first full year. Uh, I started the training camp in Minnesota, and so they sent me to the American Hockey League. And they had, at the time, they had two teams in the Syracuse. They had one in the North American Hockey League, then they had one in the American Hockey League. And so, uh, 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 the Blazers. I'm with the Eagles. The Blazers playing in Bingo in Binghamton, and uh, so me and my buddy John uh, Chartron, we go drive down, watch the game, and in the warm-up, there's a brawl. But me, I know all the guys from the year before. Most of the guys were all played together. We won the we won the cup there, and so the brawl breaks out on the ice. So right away, I got to get into it. So I jump over the glass. I'm in the I'm in their box, and there was a guy named Bernie McNeil, and uh, yeah. me and him were squaring off, and he went. Uh, so I split him open. I gave it to him. I uh, he suckered Kevin Devine, cut Kevin Devine, and uh, so I gave it to him. No, it wasn't Kevin Devine. He hit Billy Reed first. He suckered Billy Reed, and then Billy Reed was out for the whole whole brawl in the warm up. <laughs> and so, so I'm in the box. He comes over. We score up. I give it. I split him over the eye, and then so it gets broken up. And he thinks he's going to hit me over the head with the hockey stick. So there's the security guards. They're all in the box and all that. So he grabs he grabs a stick. He swings and hit me in the head. But I seen it coming a couple of seconds prior to that. And he killed a security guard, knocked him right out. <laughs> wow. And I don't remember this. Me and Liam talked about it, but it's in the book. So when we were playing with, when I was with the Eagles, we played in Rochester, New York. We had a big brawl. And we all got put, we all got arrested. There was five of us got arrested. <laughs> and we're in, we're in the paddy wagon in one of those vans with our, with our gear on. Going to jail. <laughs> that's that's one of the ones, Brady. That uh, you know, was, there are two or three instances where stories came to me uh, from multiple sources and reputable people, and in some cases, either people that Goldie knew personally or knew of. For example, the uh, the head coach of the uh, San Jose Barracuda. You know, the, the winningest head coach in American Hockey League history, Roy Summer. I uh, told it gave us a story. He was the last guy I interviewed for the book and, and told the story about Goldie being at a house party at his place. That Goldie doesn't remember this incident, but Roy, who's won over 700 games in the American Hockey League and played pro and is now an associate coach with the Sharks in the NHL, the whole nine yards. I mean, you're talking about, I think, as credible a source as you're going to get. He's absolutely adamant that Goldie was there and knocked this guy out and came over to confront him because he didn't like Goldie talking to this one girl. <laughs> and and would leave Goldie alone, and Roy went over and intervened and tried to get the guy to back off, and, and thought he had it under control. The guy just he said the guy just fucking wouldn't leave Goldie alone, so Goldie drilled him, knocked him out, and then said, "Roy, I'm going to leave now because you know uh, I think it's time, whatever." And he and he left graciously without any other trouble, according <laughs> to Roy. So we, I told Goldie, and he said, "I don't remember," and I said, "Well, Roy said it happened, 
Uh, he's pretty credible. Uh, I think it's a good story in the confines of the book and everything. And it's 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 a story that you didn't start it, but you finished it. And that's kind of your MO. So I think we should put it in. So Goldie Greek. Same thing with the Rochester one. Like when that went down. I mean, the, the guy who, who, who tells it the best is, is uh, Goldie, your buddy, lives in, uh, in San Jose, Mr. Norris. Yeah, Joe. Joe Norris. I mean, he, he's, he's absolutely adamant. That, how, that this went down with Goldie's part of it and, and the, the whole nine yards, even Mike Milder. Yeah. Right? When they did that whole slap shot thing and, and Johnstown won the craft day in hockey bill for the, uh, for the American side there a couple of years ago. And Mike Milder was on there saying, I fought that guy. I fought that guy in that brawl in Rochester. Like Milk Milder said, don't, I didn't know, you know, I don't know that's Goldie Goldthorpe today in 2018 or 2017, whatever that was. He said, I don't know. But he said, I remember uh, being told, like, in the room after, oh, that fucking guy is, uh, he's, he's torn up the you know, pros and this and that and everything else. And and and, uh, and he said, oh, man, yeah, I, I dropped the gloves with gold and can't believe it. And he said that on NBC. And that's awesome. So, that's so incredible. And you know what, though? The thing is, is when, you know, you've had so many crazy stories i mean goalie you must have had so many crazy fights and brawls and uh hockey was a lot different back then bench clearing brawls it doesn't surprise me that you don't remember every single one um did you get hit a lot what about concussions goalie did you get a lot of concussions (laughs) 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 yeah no i had i had a few i didn't know i one time i got hit the heart and when I got back to the bench, I didn't know where I was. I didn't even remember how I got to the rink. And all they did was give me smelling salts and send you out for the next shift. Yeah, and you probably fought soon thereafter the same night or the next day, right? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And uh, like in the WGA and the, back in the Eastern Hockey, you could have three fights. You're four, uh, three fights and you're kicked out. And sometimes it would pay for to have fight, fight three fights than was to play the whole 60 minutes. Because guys were running each other like crazy. <laughs> Just get three and out, you know? Get three and out. It was safer. It was safer. <laughs> <laughs> they could control it. But the other one, you didn't know how they were going to come and run from behind. Or, you know, there wasn't a lot of respect. I remember the we used to dress like maybe uh, 13, 14 guys. A brawl would break out. We'd throw a spare goaltender on the ice. So no way we could tell the team. <laughs> That's awesome. It's the Wild West, man. I mean, the 70s is the most violent decade in, in hockey history, and you could argue in sports history. Uh, I think it'd be a pretty easy argument to make because hockey is by far the most violent sport, and that was the most violent decade in it, and Goldie was the most violent guy in the sport. So, <laughs> you know, and when, when you say violent, I mean, it's it, it does have different connotations, but in respect to what he did on and off the ice, I think that's what makes the book unique, you know, is that this isn't a story that goes nonstop, just this is what happened in this game, this is what happened in that game. It's the, it's the subtext, really, of, of a lot of the incidents. And, you know, the, the, it's, it, just really, it just really is. It really is surreal and unreal. It really is. You know, uh, like, uh, like I'm not the toughest guy I ever played hockey. I know I played with guys who were tougher than me. How I justify what I did is that when I played, I didn't wait till somebody hit me. If I see somebody do something to one of our players, I'd go at them right away. Where I played with a lot of big, tough guys, and if nobody hit them, they wouldn't do nothing. So that doesn't make sense to me. If you see somebody get hit or somebody's, you know, yapping, you go to them. But I, 
been with a lot of tough guys, guys who were way tough for me, a lot bigger. And, uh, you know, they just wouldn't get going. Once I got it going, they'd jump in, but they wouldn't get it going. I had to get it going. So that's how I got the reputation. <laughs> and I rode, you know, my first year pro, I didn't fight at home. I went around to everybody's building, fought all the tough guys, and they did very well. And, uh, and I tell them, when you come back to my backyard, I'm going to pound you. And they'd come back, they wouldn't even want to fight with me. So I'd get to skate up and down the ice with the puck, show a few skills, and that was it. <laughs> get yourself some more room out there, you know? I well, tell you, one of the toughest guys I ever fought, probably the toughest guy I fought, and a really good fighter and a good guy was Nick Fotillo. And uh, Nick and I fought in our, in our building, and uh, I was in front of the net. He came. I knew he was, and he knew I was. This was the first time we played against each other. And uh, he runs, he becomes, I'm in the goal crease, he runs me, we drop the gloves, he gives it to me the first round. We score up, we didn't go to the penalty box, we're yapping at each other, we go again, and they got him the second time. So we're in, back in Cape Cod, we're playing them, the big brawl breaks out, Nicky looks at me, I look at him, he goes one way and went the other way, huh. we fought the ducks. Yeah, you're like, yeah, we already settled that before. Let's let's go our different ways here and deal with other people, right? I, I've been in those situations myself, too. Uh, you know, it really is such a unique story, Liam. You, you've said it, and you, you and I have talked about it off uh, off air as well. And uh, I'm, I'm excited. I would love to see the movie. Uh, you know, everyone's familiar with the movie Slapshot. We had talked about it in the intro, uh, Ogie Oglethorpe. Uh, were you supposed to be in that movie, and were you aware that they were like, uh, you know, like oh, yeah. dramatizing okay. the character around you? And how much how much input did you have on that? Okay, first of all, I uh, all the time when that when this is like uh, where I was in Binghamton, so we had like played like sixteen games. But when I got there, they're talking about doing this movie, and so everybody said, "Hey, Goldie, you got a special part in the movie," and so. I didn't even know what they were talking about because I was in the World Hockey and those guys were in that league and, and Nancy Dow and her brother Ned would be doing that whole thing all for the whole season. So I get there, there's 16 games left and everybody's telling me these stories about the movie and all that. And so uh, I guess I guess whatever I did in the 16 games, they thought I was nuts. Uh-huh. So they wouldn't let me play my part. But uh, I'll tell you, we had a brawl in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. It's in the book, it's in the movie. The ball we had where the dogs, the dogs come in. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, the, the, this is with Syracuse, the Blazers, but this, uh, so in the movie, the, the dogs turned on the cops. That's a true story from 1973-74 season. So I'm in Binghamton a couple of years later, 75, I believe. 70, no, 76. 76-77. And uh, we go into Johnstown, we have a big brawl again. Well, we didn't, uh, I watched it because I didn't want to get involved. It was with the fans. And then, anyway, the thing gets going. And the fans are grabbing the guy's stick, and the one guy player let go of the stick, and the stick went back and hit this kid in the eye. He lost his eye. Wow. And I get charged for assault. Had nothing to do with it. Got off. But anyway, we're in the, we're in the dressing room. Paul Stewart, the guy, my favorite buddy, he says, uh, he's laughing, but half the guys seen what happened, half the guys were involved didn't get to see it. But everybody wasn't involved seeing what happened. So he's laughing. I got a Coke bottle in my hand, and I can't stand the guy anyway. So 
Well, I told him, I started swearing, I told him to shut up. I grabbed the cold ball, I threw it at him. But my hand was so wet, so sweaty that the, the pop ball came out of my hand. And just when it came out of my hand, Art Newman, Paul Newman's brother, opens the door. And the cold ball landed over top of the door, <laughs> smashes it, and it's all over glass and coke. And uh, that was the end for me. They thought I was too crazy. They thought I'd beat Paul Newman up. But, the, you know, the moral of the story is I don't know why they were so pissed off because uh, Art knew he had no hair. <laughs> so all he had to do was blow and he was doing okay, right? <laughs> no, that's that hilarious. Was it. That was it for me. You know, I'm the only guy that's in my name's what's I think it's around 16 times to bring it up in the movie. I never got a dime. Everybody else made money, and I never got a dime. So, wow. but it worked out for the best anyway. I always tell everybody that I would have been there. I could like there was everybody that's in the movie are original hockey players or played pro and all that. So there would have been a couple of times we'd be sitting in the bar and I know a few words that would go back and forth. And, so I would have probably screwed it up that way. So. I like the way it worked out. Now I look back, would have been I would have a bigger name if I would have been in the movie. But I just like the way it worked out. Now and I, I get a lot of accolades from it, so that's good enough. No, it's it's great. And uh, the thing too I remember is your wild hairdo. And then I saw that picture on the book. Like, wow, what a what were you? Th- like, was that just the hairstyle, or what was going on back then? No, but just I had curly, curly hair, and I was going to a wedding. And my my sister's friend said, "Goldie, why don't you pick your hair like an afro?" And so I did, and I had it for like that forever, for for a long time when I was playing hockey. But I haven't had a haircut for four months now, and it's just about back to there now. All right. Maybe you should pick. Maybe you should pick it up for the book tours. It might be a good look for you when once this norm, the normal, the world gets back to normal. That might be an idea for you. I know you guys are are doing the book tour thing. Uh, hopefully, it gets back to normal. I mean, what? Yeah, I just I'm actually gonna order the book. I I was gonna Liam Liam Liam. You can fire him off a book, can you? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I'm just going to just need your address, Brady. Email it to me later, and I'll have our publisher send you one. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, I, I'm I'm looking forward to reading that. Uh, there's another story, Goldie, that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, ni- I think it was, I believe, in 1972. So um, in, there was an instance in the hand. You guys were shaking the hands of the opponents uh, after a championship game. Do you remember this? Do you want to... Go go ahead, tell the story. I don't. It'll come back to me. I, I don't quite remember. Yeah, Goldie, it's the. Uh, I think he's referring to the um, uh, junior series against Charlottetown. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I vowed. I they pounded us. We're only sixteen. Those guys are most of them are eighteen years old and nineteen, and they beat us up. I told them I'm going to come back wherever you guys are. If I get to play pro and you guys play pro or wherever, I'm going to get you. And I hunted them down. Every one of them. And some of them we killed, I became good friends with. You know, some of them apologized. And some I had to give to. Give it to. I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, Alex Dampier, <laughs> he suckered me in the brawl. I fought this guy named Bell in the, in a fight, uh, five on five. And so I won that fight. And then I was picking up my, glo- my gloves in Charlottetown, and Dampier suckers me. So uh, a couple, uh, about a year later, two years later, Dampier's playing in for Lakehead University, gets a scholarship there. And so we had this tournament. It was uh, Senior League and uh, Junior League. And I can't remember, there's like four teams in it. 
when I worked at university, it was one, and there was another team. And so I'm looking in the line, I'm looking to run the warm-up, and I look, I said, that's the guy. Well, he's tampering. I'm telling all the guys, and all, that's the guy that's sucking me. He's from PEI. <laughs> and so, uh, and so uh, I'm sitting on the bench, and he he's going down, back and forth, a couple shifts going like this, and I can't stand it no more. I see him just jump right over the boards and KO'd him. And <laughs> Albert, he benched me. What are you doing? I said, Albert, you know who that guy is? And Albert said, No. I said, That's Ali Stamper. He's the one that suckered me in that ball and in in PEI. So. Uh, and that was how many it. years later? Yeah. Yeah. What about yeah. what about the animals? The animal Steve's Goldie. Oh yeah. Okay, so like I was bodybuilding back then, and uh, I was playing senior hockey, and we were playing them in the in the playoffs, uh, Charlottetown, in senior hockey, and uh, he's in the. You know, I'm I'm good friend with um, uh, 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 Forbes Candy's two sons, Mike and Jamie, and uh, so uh, we're in the bar and we're having drinks and all that and. You know, the guy said, you you remember Timmy Steves? I go, oh, yeah. And I, I, I said a couple more dirty words than that. He said, hey, Gold, you know where he is? And I said, no. Until he's standing right over there. <laughs> and so uh, I see him. I go, yeah, that's him. You sure? He goes, yeah, yeah, he came over with us. So I go up to him and I said, listen, remember me? He, said, he goes, oh, yeah, I remember you. So you got two choices. You can stay here and get pounded or you can get the F out of the bar. And so I was with my girlfriend, right? And his buddy, he had a friend, kept looking at my girlfriend's uh, boobs all the time, right? <laughs> so I said, yeah, you can go with him too. <laughs> That's hilarious. And they left too, right? Yeah, they left the bar, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good one. Uh, you also had you also had a chance to play, uh, I didn't know this story. Liam actually told me this story. Uh, you actually played uh, with Bart Bateau, uh, who people may not know, he's actually... Played, uh, he played minor pro professional hockey, and then he also played in the NFL. Is that correct? Bart Butel, yeah. 6'5", 240, 250, something like that. Very nice guy. Okay, so this is how this this is how this part comes in the, for the movie Slap Shot. So I get in a fight. I'm in the penalty box in Johnstown. Bart gets in the scrub. He's in the, he's in the fight. He gets in the penalty box. And the fans are going off on us. just crazy. And... Uh, Bart says to me, he said, Gold, you know what I hate more than the players? I go, what? What? He goes, uh, there's the food. So for me to stand up, to hit a fan, I'd have to stand up on the bench in the penalty box and go over the glass. He sat there and the fans are over, leaning over the glass. He just reached up with his arms. And before we know it, the fan's in front of us and he's punching them. <laughs> and so it, just, it all cleared. The fans come in and all, it got to a big brawl. And they brought the dogs in, and the dogs turned on the cops, and, and that's, that's all the fight team. And you know the funny story? There's Bob Costas. He's up in the he's announcing the game, and there's nobody on the ice now. We're we're hiding in the dressing room, barricading there, you know, fighting for our lives just about. And uh, there's Bob Costas. He's up there. The game might game will be coming back. He's talking to the fans in in, in Syracuse, and then. Uh, so we they bring the bus close to the building, so we'd come out of the back door, go along the building, and we get on the bus, and we're on the bus, and all of a sudden, Ron Ingram says, where's Costas? So Ralph Mitchell, was a, he was our trainer, he was a super tough guy, he goes up to the box, and he tells Costas, what are you doing? Come on, we're getting out of here. 
and Constance rolls up his gear and he, Mitch helps him and we get on the bus and I was we're going out of Johnson they're throwing bottles and rocks and kids are looking <laughs> up by the window and all of a sudden this rock hits the window and shatters the whole window but we got all their life but they never came back to play the next the next game they forfeit the series I guess so eh <laughs> Well, yeah, Bob. I mean, just Bob, think about the sheer lunacy again, Brady. Just think about the sheer lunacy of that. You know that that, that whole brawl starts the penalty box. Get the fans gets involved. With all the fans. The police have to be called. They're bringing dogs who are biting the cops. The, the players are inside. Just you played, buddy. You were there. You were in the pros. You know. I mean, the, these fans were trying to come through their dressing room door. You got 15, 16, 8, 17 guys in there, which you know they can. How are we going? We're going to have to get, go out of this fight for our lives, literally. I mean, you can't even begin. If we, we would have say something happened, we got we out, say we walked out of the dressing room and then we got in the parking lot, we would all got killed. We would all got beat up for sure. That, there was too many yeah. to wait. That is was, insane. Yeah. If you think about that, like uh, you, it just does not happen these days. Um, <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, the craziest things that happened when I played. Um, you know, I went, to, I had some pretty wild moments where I fought, almost fought some fans and stuff, but not like that. That is, that's just fucking wild. <laughs> like, to be honest, I'm just sitting here shaking my head as you're talking, going, wow, like, this is just crazy. Like, you know, uh, they actually uh, did a little feature. Like, one of my favorite, uh, they did, I don't know if you know this, you must, uh, the Gordy. The uh, Gordy Howe story, uh, they did the CBC, uh, Mr. Hockey, the Gordy Howe story. Um, there's clearly, uh, like, a shout-out to you in that. Uh, you know about this? Yep. When, you know, yep. it's, you know, I, it says you're, you're going to, the person I, I says you're going to bury Gordy's whole family in the desert or whatever, if I remember correctly. That's got to be you, right? Yeah, that's, they had a guy play my part. Uh, they never even phoned me, CBC phoned me to tell me that they're going to do that. They don't even mention my name. They just say, "Oh, some cute, some tough guy from the minors." That's they, they asked uh, in the in the thing that one of the players on the Houston team asked asked somebody on our team, "Who's that?" He said, "Oh, just a minor leaguer." And uh, no, that was that was I never liked that movie how they portrayed me. And I didn't even I only said one thing to Gordy Howe. And, uh, but all the, you know, like where they go with the guys in the hotel, the guys playing my parties in the hotel with a, going around calling Gordy Hell an old man and all that. Yeah. I never, I never even did nothing like that. I was one of the few tough guys in the world hockey that never fought the superstars. I didn't go after Hall. I didn't go after Nielsen, Hedberg. I didn't go after Lacroix. I didn't go after nobody. No tough guys. I, I goal scorers. I just went after the guys that wanted to fight. And, and the world hockey was so funny. When I'd see a hockey player, I used to hug him. I'd say, and they wait, what are you hugging me for? I said, I haven't seen a hockey player for the last 15 shifts. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah, and that character that played uh, essentially, as you said, Goldie in the Gordie House story, his name is Brian Clark. And right. he also played John Wensink in the first Don Cherry movie. And so he's he's done a couple of those roles and whatnot. And I, I was only, this was after our book was out because I hadn't really, I didn't investigate it any further after Goldie and I talked about it. We do we have, we do have a cursory mention of it in, in our book. But you know, I, I've since discovered that, that Brian had given an interview years ago, I guess after the movie. He knew what he was doing. He knew who he was playing. 
and and he just you know he just said look these are the lines they gave me to they gave me to say or anything like that you know and uh and whatever because he had the look so that's why they use him as Wednesday as well mostly because of the hair obviously but uh but anyway it was interesting sub story to it that he, he he knew what he what he was doing in in terms of that he was he was portraying goldie but he said like everything i heard about that guy i don't even know if i wanted to, if i could meet him and it was pretty funny to read that but that's not that long ago so it was yeah no cool. i mean it's it's pretty uh, uh we're in the playoffs and uh uh, Gordy Howe's son, Marty, defenseman, he has me all lined up in the slates. I'm looking down at the puck, it's right in front of our bench on the red line there. And uh, all the guys in this guy say, I can hear them yelling, look out, look out. So I look up and I take my stick, put it straight in front of me, and it was Mar- Marty Howe. And so a big scrum breaks out and Gordy gets involved and I'm on the back on the bench and there's still mouth. We're all mouthing off to each other. And I said, "Hey, Gordy, when you retire, I'm going to pound your two sons." <laughs> I'm out of hockey and he's still playing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, isn't it? Brady, I'm going to have to take uh, take my leave. I'm afraid, uh, gentlemen. I've got my. I'm going to see my children today, actually. Uh, so I'm looking that's, forward to that. That's awesome, Liam. I'm going to chat maybe five more minutes here with Goldie. If you don't mind, Goldie, staying on, I'd appreciate that. But, Liam, uh, listen, thank you so much for doing that. I'll send you my address. I look forward to reading that, and I'll you be sure to probably have a million questions for you when it's all said and done. So thanks for uh, being with us, Liam. No problem at all, guys. And Gold, we'll, we'll chat later this week if you want, pal. And you guys rock on, and, and have a good one. And, and thanks for having me, Brady. Okay, and thanks, Liam. Liam, say hello to your family for me. I, I will, Goldie. Thank you very much. Okay, cheers. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Cool. That was uh, Liam McGuire. Thanks to Liam. Uh, He's written a few other books, guys. I'll leave them uh, in the comments or in the section for the podcast. Be sure to check that out. Uh, Goldie, thanks for staying on. Just a few more minutes. Uh, It's kind of unfortunate that they didn't uh, give you a shout-out in that CBC movie. Uh, Obviously, Brian Clark uh, knew he was playing you. It's not up to him to do that, but it would have been nice, like, for sure, you know, considering they knew what they were doing, like, after everything said and done with everything, it would have been nice. In in my opinion, they should have. But at the same time, uh, everybody knows that that's you, right? Like, um, so, I mean, that's still kind of cool. Maybe they should have handled it differently. I agree 100%, but at the same time, it's it's certainly cool. Um, About that, about that movie, uh, my buddy, my idol, John Scheller from Thunder Bay, he, they, they have a, a special part in the movie for him, and they, you know, they see you see the name Scheller, and his name's mentioned quite a few times in the in that movie. Not one of those guys that that they, they, it took two years to write that to do that script, and they used to phone all those guys that and ask him stories, tell stories about Gordy Hell and all that. Those guys never got a dime. The only people that got paid for that movie was from CBC, was the actors. That's the only people CBC paid. They didn't pay. All those guys that told all those stories never got a dime. Yeah, it's it doesn't surprise me. I mean, I like the movie. I think they did a good job. I don't, now that I know that story, I, I'm not sure they handled it in, in the correct way, but you know, hopefully that you guys uh, could get this script done for your book. I can't wait to read it and, uh, I'll be the first one in line to watch it on the big screen. Goldie, uh, uh, you know, you had, you know, we played a lot of years of hockey, played in the minors for what, 10 eight years anyways, uh, on and off. I know you had some injuries, but you racked up 11, 
1,100 penalty minutes in just 194 games. I mean, that's crazy. I looked at your numbers, uh, like, a couple hundred minutes in a season, and you're only playing, like, 30 games. Like, that's crazy. Like, um, but what really surprised me, what really surprised me, Goldie, was that uh, you had a, an unbelievable season in San Diego, um, you know, in 78, 79, uh, you know, you had 39 games played, 13 goals, 15 assists, 28 points, and 267 penalty minutes. Uh, that's insane. And that was one of your last years of hockey. Uh, do you miss playing, Goldie? Did you miss playing? I mean, obviously you're older now, but did you miss playing? How was the transition into real life? Um, and were there any struggles for you? Well, I found it easy because I, I knew it was time to go. I was one of those guys that said, oh, hockey owes me a living. I was lucky to play the game, and I got out. I, I never looked back. I went from playing hockey to bodybuilding, so I had another sport. And so other guys went went from hockey, out of hockey, you know, playing. I could have went to Newfoundland and made $1,000 a week to play senior hockey. All they wanted me to do was fight. I was tired of that. And no doubt. So, and so I have a couple of buddies. I know a lot of guys, and my one of my favorite favorite friends is Gordy Gallant, super tough guy. He went there, he played, I don't know, another 10 years in, the, in senior hockey in Newfoundland. Yeah. But uh, it was for me, it was time to go, and I didn't miss it. I didn't miss it at all. Did you Did you enjoy uh, the process of writing this book? Did you get to connect with some old friends or some old guys you hadn't talked to in years? What was that experience? What was the best part about writing the book? Well, you know, like... Like, I never got to talk to the guys while we're writing the book. Uh, Liam did all that. I had to work and all that in different time zones and all that. But uh, when we start to do the book, too, I ran into the, They all showed up, all the guys. Even my high, uh, high school teacher showed up. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Butch Carroll, you know, like he came to that, uh, signing autographs at the Canadian Tire in Thunder Bay. He came to that. And uh, i tell you a funny story. I don't remember the story at all. And so... Uh, this, this one of my one of my buddies I went to high school with, uh, Ground Morgan, he was in the principal office when I got sent to the principal office because I got in the fight in the gym. And uh, so if the principal says, "Hey, Goldie," uh, well, he didn't call me Goldie; he called me uh, Bill. He said, "Bill, uh, phone your parents." And so uh, I phoned and nobody answered or whatever. And I don't remember, so I grabbed the phone and I threw it out the I threw it out the window, and uh, <laughs> and so. He, uh, my friend Clemente, he tells he tells everybody, "Go, you remember that time?" And I go, "No." And so my when Butch Carroll came, my facet uh, teacher, he came. He said, "Go, do you remember that story? You remember when you threw the phone out the window?" So we laughed, and so I always say, uh, "Yeah, my parents know I would take the call, so I threw it out the window." So. Oh, that's yeah. that's hilarious. Um, well, Goldie, uh, I know you're uh, you got to work today. You're at work to, right now, I believe. I really appreciate you doing this. Uh, I appreciate Liam doing this. Uh, I know that you guys were supposed to be on tour, but because of COVID nineteen, things got put on hold. But I'm sure things are getting back to normal. I know that, uh, I'm in Ontario. I know they're starting to open things up a little bit more now. So hopefully, you guys can hit the road and uh, get on the book tour. If you guys ever do come to Ontario, I'll be sure to check it out. Uh, as soon as I read it and I get it done, I'll, I'll probably give you a call or a text. But listen, man, I really appreciate it. You have a lot of fans out there. I'm one of them. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to do this, and thank you so much for sharing your story and writing the book. Uh, and just being yourself, 
uh, and opening up and, and letting the world into the life of uh, the one of the world's most renowned hockey enforcers ever, uh, Goldie Goldthorpe, a.k.a. Ogie Oglethorpe. Thank you so much, Bill, for doing this. I really appreciate it. Okay, Brady, you take care and be strong, okay? Thank you, my friend. We'll talk okay. soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.